Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens. Welcome to this week's show. Jeremy and Gretchen, welcome. Hello. Hi there. May the 4th be with you. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So for anybody that doesn't know, the week we recorded, actually the day we're recording is May 4th or Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And make so sure you imagine that we're wearing Star Wars shirts. And yes, we are. yes, yes, we, we all are. are. We had to uh, make uh, make sense of that. I mean, you know, there are some requirements that just can't go un, uh, un, unloved, right? Yeah. Exactly. So May the 4th is something that's kind of a fan thing, I think, that just happened. I don't know really what the history is on it. I just know it's a lot of fun. It's not a federally federally recognized holiday, so, you know. Oh. <laughs> what can you do? But it should be. It, it should be, be a world holiday. Well, you know. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I, uh... <laughs> I, I think it, it's a fan-based holiday. I don't know how old it is, but it's the idea of may the force be with you. And, you know. And then tomorrow is Revenge of the Sith or Revenge of the Fifth. Yes. Revenge of the Fifth, yes. So, so you know, we got, you, are. you know. It's a couple of days worth of, you know, Star Wars stuff. Some places are running the movies in the theaters. Uh, we came across all of the movies that are currently running on TV a couple of places. <laughs> it's like, okay. So, uh, you know, that's cool. We're going to have a Star Wars conversation coming up a little later in this week's show, too. And a few things to talk about. It's going to be interesting to see where all of this is at. And in line with that, let's go ahead and get to our news. This week's show is sponsored by the Sherwood Chamber of Commerce's Cruise Inn. Coming up in June, we're going to have someone on next week that's going to be talking about this event. It's a lot of fun. It's back after a two-year hiatus due to COVID. So if you're in the Oregon area, don't like classic cars, definitely is something to check out. What is in the news this week? Microsoft is now practically begging you to stop using Internet Explorer. I've been doing that for years. Yeah, um, I had no idea. <laughs> okay. So Internet Explorer was or was supposed to be the go-to browser with Windows for many, many years. They've replaced it with a new browser called Microsoft Edge, which is a lot more better current technology. And as someone that uses the Internet and works for it, I can tell you that it really is. Now, most people still prefer other browsers, Chrome being in the number one slot, but Edge is definitely better. Microsoft has forced Edge to be used on certain aspects in Windows, so you will see it out there. The problem being that June 15th is the last day of Internet Explorer, hmm. and then after that, it will be turned off. Now, most of us, if you've upgraded to Windows 10, certainly if you've upgraded to Windows 11, but even on 7, you're probably already switched over to the Edge browser. So end users, this isn't going to affect us too much. There are some things that require Internet Explorer on the Internet. And inside of Edge, there's an Internet Explorer compatibility mode. Just make sure you have it turned on and you shouldn't see a difference. Where this could become a problem is on bigger IT platforms like companies and businesses and stuff that have not rolled out Edge yet as part of their setup. There is actually a process within the server to disable it and set your own date to have it go away. But if you haven't or if your business hasn't, and it's still being used for anything on June 15th, it's going to be unpleasant because it will stop. Woman claims to follow GPS downstairs in her car. Yeah, this is something that <laughs> uh, we've talked about. Don't blindly follow the GPS. Uh-huh. Yeah. But in this case, this kind of takes us to the extreme. This comes out of Portland, Maine. 
a woman was driving her car and ended up going through a police station parking lot, a walking area for pedestrians and stores and stuff, and then finally into an area and down the stairs. Did her she claim have it on pedestrian mode? Uh, no, she didn't. But her claim when the police stopped her was that she was following the GPS. The police seemed to feel it might be more related to her high blood alcohol level than it was actually the GPS. But nevertheless, watch what you're doing. Oh my, Google makes $100,000 worth of tech training free to every U.S. business. So this is an interesting thing. Google's had training online, and actually very inexpensively, $39 a month. And it usually takes three to six months to finish a course. Now, this can be everything from SEO that we're going to be talking about next week to putting together a website to just a number of other topics, e-commerce, digital marketing, project management, and on and on. In fact, they even offer certificates. So now any business can apply to receive this training for free, up to $100,000. The idea of that amount is because it does take several months to get through a course, and because most businesses would have more than one employee doing it, they want to make sure that it is accessible to anyone. So it covers the cost for up to 500 workers at any U.S. business, and is something that I'm, I think I'm even going to look into this too. I understand that there's some additional courses on app development for Android and things like that, which would be something that would really be nice to be able to access. U.S. court orders every ISP in the United States to block illegal streaming sites. So this is a little bit unusual. Yes. What happened here is some copyright holders got together and sued a couple of websites for providing pirated content. And these streaming sites were ordered by the court to shut down and pay a penalty to the copyright holders. All of that's pretty normal. This has happened. The penalty from each of them was $7,650,000. Wow. So that's one thing. Oh, they take copyright seriously. Mm -hmm. But where this goes that's a step further is this permanent injunction issued by the court that requires ISPs to block these sites going forward. So this includes your service provider like AT&T Wireless, Comcast, Xfinity, Spectrum, depending on where you are and where you get your internet, this would vary. But at the end of the day, they actually want these sites to block these websites. And this is something that is interesting. It's the first time it's been done. So to see how this would actually roll out is is going to be a challenge, certainly going to take some software updates and some things like that. And at the end of the day, is there going to be a liability on an internet service provider if you stream pirated content? Going to be interesting Hmm. to see where that goes. Japanese railway company to use a giant humanoid robot for fixing power lines. I'd like to see this. So 2022 is the year of the robot. We've talked about this. And uh, this is a very interesting idea. Working at height, and I got to see a demonstration of this from another robotics company into last year, is definitely something that robots can do and can do well. And because the technology exists to be able to control a robot remotely from the ground, usually using VR or some other technology like that, you can send the robot in a place that would be dangerous to humans. Now, in this particular situation, they're repairing power lines. So you're up above the ground on a cherry picker or that type of a thing dealing with a high voltage area. If you don't have the human physically there, the human's not going to fall off, get shocked, or have anything else bad happen. Mm -hmm. And if the robot gets hurt, the robot can be repaired. So the idea of this is something that I think 
is definitely a direction that we're going to see in a lot of different things. In fact, I know that's going to be the case. It's already out there in some ways that you may or may not have seen terribly publicly yet. This robot is going to go to full-time work in 2024, so about two years for the testing period to get worked out of it, and definitely is something that on down the road I think can be a big deal. Now, we're not quite at the, uh, you know, what is it, Rock'em Talk'em Robots? Sock'em, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. You know, or the Pacific I, Rim. Now, I could see yeah. that Northern California would really want to hire this robot. Yes, I could definitely <laughs> I, I could definitely see where you're going with that, yeah. too. So, and besides, rock and sock and tro- robots would be a lot more fun than an exoskeleton. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, MIT engineers develop a flexible, paper-thin loudspeaker. Really? So, one would think that sound is reproduction of sound is something that we've had around for a long time and we've got it perfect. The thing of it is, is anything pretty much can have someone look at it and make it better. And we've seen a lot of progression in the technology of sound reproduction in the last 30 years with digital and when MP3 players and music players and all that started to come out back in the day, there was a lot of complaints that the digital version of it doesn't sound like the original off of a record. I still think that's true because one's recreating the sound, the other one is the actual sound. But at the end of the day, it's gotten a lot better. And with some of the high quality audio systems that we have around now, it is absolutely amazing what you can do. Home audio systems that are like Dolby Atmos, like I use, that are literally like being in a theater or being in real life. But the speakers that are used to do all of this is another component that in a lot of ways relies on legacy technology. And in recent years, this has been upgraded to make things bigger, or I'm I'm sorry, smaller with bigger sound. That's what I was going for. (laughs) Right. And uh, you wouldn't want a bigger speaker, but where the sound quality is just as good or better as the giant set of speakers that you would have had in the 80s on your stereo. And this can be used in a lot of different things to be able to use less power and have better sound. And this new technology coming out of MIT is paper thin and does its job and does it very well. And when this comes to market, I think we're going to see some real changes in what we deal with with our audio repercussion, uh, reproduction. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. As we were saying in the opening, may the 4th be with you and Revenge of the 5th. And when you hear us, these will have been two days ago. But Star Wars is something that is definitely embedded in our culture. Most people know about it, even if they don't know about other things in pop culture. We'll mm. figure out the Star Wars end of it, you know, mm-hmm. and and deal with it from there. I was even watching an episode of the uh, Bob Newhart show which is a sitcom that comes from the 70s. It was very popular back in the day. He's a psychologist and all that kind of stuff. And the week that the original Star Wars opened, they were shooting, and he took some friend's kids to the movie theater, and you could see the Star Wars poster in the background while they were waiting in line to get into the theater. That's cool. So I just thought hmm. that was cool, and that was obviously shot in the 70s. So, you yeah. know, it's been around, and, and it's it's a big part of things. It's something where you don't have to deal with Earth politics and other stuff like that and can kind of plug into something that's very different and very unique and very well written. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there's a lot of debate over the newer stuff. Some of it's good. Some of it's not so good. Some people love it. Some people don't. But the actual idea of what Star Wars is, is definitely something that's very, very much part of our pop culture and pop culture. Yes. Now, Gretchen, I know you hate Star Wars and you always have uh, oh, done yeah. that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, okay, sarcasm sign. I know this is audio, but, you know, there yeah. you are. <laughs> but you've you've been a fan of Star Wars for a very long time. Why do you just real 10,000 foot view? Why do you like Star Wars? Uh, it, it, I, I, somebody asked to, on a um, I think it was Twitter or something like that. What does Star Wars mean to you? How did, has it affected your life? And I basically wrote that there's no way that anyone will understand what Star Wars means to me and how it has affected my life. So I I can't really go in uh, into it here. It, it's not it's not long enough. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, and when I, I think that's a fair statement. I mean, to really have that conversation, yeah, would yeah. would be something that you'd really have to dive into and deal with it. And, but I, I, I think I'm not the only person. There are other people out there who have had a really positive benefit from something from Star Wars, whether mm-hmm. it's making friends in uh, groups of fans, you know, like um, the costume people, the 501st or the Mandalorian mercs, or maybe it's the people who build the droids or, or maybe it's some of the gamers. But I think a lot of people have built friendships, made connections and found inspiration in a lot of the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, one area that I look at it too. Now, see, I came into this. I didn't know a lot about Star Wars until fairly recently. And you were the one that got me involved in doing the uh, Wookiee cosplay, mm-hmm. which is something I've thoroughly enjoyed. But before that, I, I had seen the movies once, but never really had any things. They came out a little bit before I would have appreciated them. And I was really into Star Trek, but didn't know this into things too much. And I found that one of the things I love about it is when you go to conventions and things that really Anybody can get along with anybody. There's no separation. A Star Wars fan is a Star Wars fan. Jeremy, what, you want to weigh in on this? Absolutely. Um, we used to, uh, I know this is weird, but uh, my friend's dad was really into recording stuff. He had a really nice uh, way to record things off of TV. And he recorded Star Wars, I think, off of HBO. A long, I mean way a long time ago but we used to watch it when i'd go over to his house after school and we'd, we'd watch it on the weekends and we watched like that original star wars movie a lot and uh, i have all the vhs tapes of the original uh releases of the special editions of the re-released special editions and then i have the dvds of all those movies and then the blu-rays <laughs> Um, I just like watching the movies. They're, they were fun. You know, it was action adventure and cool stuff, mm-hmm. you know, lightsabers and blasters and spaceships. And, it, you know, it was neat. It wasn't like, oh, yes, look at the cardboard wall, you know, like, and, yeah, they did a lot of work that made it look really real. Yeah. Especially when it first came out, there was nothing like it that looked so real. You know, it's like, wow. That's probably what space really looks like. You know? <laughs> well, and you, you got to figure the time it was done because we didn't really have CGI and stuff at, in, mm-hmm. in the 70s. 
So you were dealing with something that was not just ahead of its time, but really ahead of its time. And yeah, mm-hmm. I know this was part of the reason why you couldn't get it on VHS in some of these formats initially, because the quality of that would not allow the movie to be able to be played properly. And you would actually miss things. And I know the first time, because I had never seen Star Wars, the original movie in the theater, and there is a lightsaber scene towards the end of it where they're out there fighting. And I watched it actually about a year ago on the Atmos system. And it really <laughs> adds to the, to, I mean, what you're seeing, it makes a huge difference to have it done the way that it was meant to be done. It's overhead and you're hearing all this stuff. And it, it's just really, in my sense, amazing. So Star Wars is still being produced. I mean, we have a lot of new things coming out. Mandalorian's been pretty popular right now. And uh, Gretchen, what is what are we seeing? What's new and, and what are you watching? Okay, well, last night um, we re- we finished rewatching the Clone Wars, which is um, the really long epic CGI animated series. cartoon series that lasted seven seasons, and it was well written. And uh, I tell all the people who are, oh, I just watch movies; cartoons are for kids. No, 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 no. You need to watch the Clone Wars. Matter of fact, um, Hayden Hayden Christensen actually went. And watched all of that because he's bringing back, coming back to his role as Anakin slash Darth Vader. And that's going to be in the new Kenobi series that's coming out at the end of May. Mm -hmm. And there is so much detail of story depth that you would miss out if you don't watch this series. And we just watched, uh, finished watching the new stuff that Dave Filoni had promised us at the San Diego comic con. And wow, Maul, he has grown so much from as a character, you know, as a villain. Yeah. And, and he's, he's got so much depth and I love the way they combined, uh, Ray Park's athletics Mm -hmm. and, um, God, now I can't think of his name. Oh, I can't think of his name either. Oh, no. Oh, God, that's awful. Don't <gasps> you hate that? <laughs> yes. And, and he does such a beautiful job with the voice. Sam Witwer. Sam Witwer. And oh, man. he's so amazing with the voice and the emotion. He's able to make Maul sound like he's depressed and about to go crazy and then angry and, and, and contemplative within moments. And this is all in a cartoon. So don't don't think that cartoons are just for kids. No, no, it just sounds it <laughs> sounds absolutely amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I think they're bringing back Mandalorian again for another season. I heard that mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that'll be kind of cool to see that coming up and just seeing where they go. And you know, like anything, you're going to have some stuff that's good and some stuff that's maybe not so. And good. they're supposed to have the Ahsoka series too. Yep. Yeah, the Ahsoka series is coming up. That's another one. And uh, Cassie and Andor series. Yep. So just all in all, I think we got a lot mm. to see. Most of this is on Disney Plus now. I think all of mm-hmm. it might be. Yeah. So check it out there. This is User Friendly 2.0. May the fourth be with you. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. This is the part of the show where you ask questions and we endeavor to give you answers. 503-766-6264 is the phone number. One User-Friendly on Facebook or Twitter 
or go to our website at userfriendlynation.com. What do we have in the, well, not news, but questions today? Can I print postage remotely? Listener question that's actually come in a couple of times. And the idea here is, are you able to, from your computer, print out a mailing label or postage or that type of a thing to be able to send a letter? And the answer to this is yes. There's a number of services that do this, including things like stamps.com and a number of other vendors. But you can even do it through sites like PayPal, where you just put in the dimensions and the weight of your package, where it's going, and it will automatically charge for and print the label. And what these are good for is being able to get everything taken care of before going to the post office or UPS store or whatever. So you don't have to wait in line. You'll also know how much the shipping costs. You do need to have a scale, postal scale. They're not expensive, but uh, is definitely a detail of that. But yes, you can do it. Now, different sites have different prices for doing this. There's usually a surcharge on top of the postage. However, I have noticed with PayPal and a couple of others that they don't do that. So check it out. Make sure you're not getting charged too much for it, but definitely something that can make life easier. Netflix password crackdown. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, bum, bum, bum (laughs) is right. So, you know, the thing of it is, is ever since the inception of Netflix, we have been able to share passwords. And what that means is, is that uh, I can give my password to somebody else and they can use my account and watch their own stuff. And because there's profiles on Netflix, you can actually separate all this out. And this has all been fine and well until the last quarter when Netflix reported that they've actually lost subscribers. Their stock really took a hit on that, and now they're looking at ways to run up revenue. And they're testing in some markets, not in the United States yet, this capability of creating a situation where you can still share your password, but for each person you share it to, they have to pay an additional amount per month to be able to use it. Hmm. And right now that's looking to be somewhere around $3. We'll see where that ends up. And as far as that goes, my feeling on Netflix, you know, I I don't use it as much as I did. They've taken some of the stuff that I really like to watch on it off. So I don't know if this is really a problem from sharing passwords as much as it is just maybe it's starting to be that there's too many streaming sites and people are not subscribing to all of them anymore. Well, they used to have the Clone Wars and they used to have all of the Star Trek stuff. And now that stuff has gone away. Yep. Yep. And that's, Hmm. you know, that, that does make a difference. Is Meta slash Facebook really opening a store? So the short answer to that is yes. In California, Hmm. they are opening a physical store to be able to market their virtual reality, augmented reality, and other devices. Hmm. So a Metaverse store. (laughs) And I I need to go there to be able to get the stuff to be able to go into the Metaverse. Well, I would imagine that you could. I don't know exactly what their product offerings are going to be yet. However, you can buy all that equipment pretty much anywhere that sells electronics, so it won't be necessary. I think more what they're wanting to do is have people give people a place to go to actually experience the metaverse and see what it is that we're all talking about, something we're going to be talking about on this show coming up here ourselves. So, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are wondering what all this is, so it'd be a way to actually show you, I guess. Hmm. What is SplinterNet? Term that's come up since the Russians invaded Ukraine a uh, lot more, but it's something that we had in the past. And a number of countries would like to have their own internet, so to speak. Hmm. So something that's completely separate from the worldwide internet, and that's what a splinter net is. So hmm. something in Russia, now technically just putting up firewalls and blocking content doesn't get you to splinter net. That would mean it's physically disconnected and its own thing. 
from the rest of the internet, or at least very controlled. Hmm. Are gift cards safe? A couple of questions came in, and we put this on here because I've been seeing a lot more of this. There used to be a scheme where they would go to the gift card malls in stores, photograph the numbers, and then steal the money as soon as you loaded them. A lot of cases now, the companies are locking down to prevent this from happening and doing a lot of different things. But the big scenario here is to keep your gift card safe. When you buy one, make sure that the package isn't opened. That's a big deal because if it is, somebody else could have gotten the number off of it. So is that why we're seeing more of them encased in cardboard and stuff like that? Yeah, to make it real obvious if you uh, took it. Because even where you scratch off the thing, they've come up with ways to put the stuff back over the number. So you can't really tell. The cardboard is a lot more, or it's a lot easier to tell if someone's messed with the package. The other thing is treat the gift card like cash. They can't be replaced. So if you lose it, you're just kind of out of luck. And don't give the number to anybody that you should. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Tech Wednesday this week, we were talking about online privacy and some of the new things that are coming out. And we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive in this today. Definitely a topic that we've uh, talked about many times on User-Friendly before. And question number one with all of the suspension in the world is, if you are on the internet, is your information private? And the answer is Hmm. no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Bill. I like that. That drum roll was classic. So uh, just as an aside, we've got new software we're using to record, so I have to play with it a little bit here. Mm-hmm. But in any <laughs> event, it is actually a serious topic, and I won't do any more sound effects to that, <laughs> other than saying that step one, everybody really should go out and Google your name and see what actually comes up. You'll be shocked, I think, in most cases of how much information is actually out there. Even people that lead private lives, there's stuff online that you may never have considered to be something that's there. And with technologies like photo recognition and other things coming out, at the end of the day, more and more things can be indexed back to where they came from, and therefore your information's there. Now, in line with that, Google and other companies are taking steps to do things to help remove some of this information should you request it, but you have to. Google has a new thing now where you can request the removal of things like your email address and phone number from online search results. Definitely something that I would recommend that you go out and do. It's in the Google troubleshooter to make that request, especially if something's up there. But taking this to the next level, there's background check sites and all kinds of other things that can take this a step further. And if you pay a little bit of money and do some searching, a little bit of money being somewhere around 10 bucks usually, you can find the person's name, address, phone number, who their neighbors are, who their family members are, sometimes what their income is, where they work, what kind of car they drive. And this list goes on and on and on. Hmm. And identity theft and everything else, of course, makes a part of it. A lot of that information comes from public records. So if you own a house, that's a public record. Somebody can look that up, figure out who the owner is, that type of a thing. Most states do offer programs where you can hide this information if you need to, and you would need to check that out locally. 
But for most of us, we don't. We don't even think about it. And it's absolutely something that's out there and can be very scary. And a case that I use on this where it's important to think about these things is being able to locate family members and photos we all put up on social media and that type of a thing. A lot of our mobile devices put in a geotag of where the photo was taken. So as a test of this a number of years ago, there was a family that had agreed to participate in the test. They had a young girl. I believe she was in sixth grade, had a mobile phone, was doing her thing, posting on Facebook, taking pictures at school, chatting with people, all the normal things that they would do. And a crew of people that were trained looked at the account. And within about 45 minutes, we were able to determine where she went to school, where her desk was in her classroom, where her bedroom was in her house, all of this type of information Mm. from the geotags because it was able to be tracked back. So most devices allow you the ability to turn that off. Online privacy, especially if you're going to share pictures, good idea to go in and turn that off unless you need it. Where are these um, sections where you can turn it off? Depends on the device. So Android, it's in your settings. So Mm -hmm. you would go into settings and there's a control in there that has to do with photos and videos and all that kind of stuff. You can also get to it from the settings inside of the application where you take your pictures to be able to turn off geotags. iPhone has a similar situation where you can get into that. Either one of the processes, you can just Google online and you can get a step-by-step process to be able to get in there and deal with it and also be able to turn it back on when you do want a geotag because there might be times that you want that. It just seems like it would make more sense to have this default off instead of on, but it's the way that it works. So something definitely be able to get in there. Another thing is if you've used parental controls on your kids' cell phones, you can go in and make these changes and settings and all that type of stuff in there. There's also applications where you can view the metadata is what they call this on a photo or a video. Mm -hmm. So there's all this data that's maintained that you don't see unless you have the ability and know how to go in and look at it. Most of what it is is the resolution and stuff like that that's used for being able to deal with the image later on. But another part of it is things like the geotag, also the name of who created it. So if the cell phone is under your child's name, your child's name will be recorded in the picture in most cases in the metadata. So <laughs> that information is something that you can go in there and check. And then you can also turn all of that on and off. Then the other side of this is what to do with this is if you have information that's already out there. Things like posts to Facebook and tweets to Twitter, 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 there we go, <laughs> or, we, or word of the day. Twitter. Yeah. Ah, I can say it. I can really say it. No, but posts on Twitter are something where if you delete them, are they really deleted? And the short answer to that, I won't do the drum roll again, but is no. Hmm. Deleted Good. tweets are not really deleted. They're just hidden from the public timeline, but they can still be seen. Nice. Lovely. So what, it, what that means is the user that created it and anybody that has saved them can still see them. Nice. So how do you delete in the case of Twitter, these specifically? Well, the first step would be to delete your account entirely, which will remove all of your tweets in one false swoop, which is fine if you want to delete your account. But of course, everything's gone. And then the second is to go into settings for your account and delete individual tweets one at a time. And when you delete them there, they will be deleted permanently. You'll get a screen that they can't be undone. Facebook has a similar procedure to be able to go in and deal with that stuff. But yeah, when you remove something initially by default, it is not actually taking them away. It's just changing it so that they can't be seen publicly. So, you know, something to be in there. So a tweet that's been deleted may or may not really be gone. And the thing of it is, is even if you do go in and actually delete 
to where it is gone from Twitter. It's still been out on the internet. It's possible someone else has saved a screenshot or that type of a thing. And there's even software out there that will archive everything that it can find. So even though it's deleted from Twitter, it's not actually deleted from that. So online privacy is definitely something to be concerned about. And it's best to be proactive instead of trying to deal with it after the fact. But if you do go out there and search and find that there's information that you don't want to be there, there are some steps you can take to get things taken down. It's not guaranteed. But the first thing would be to contact the site that's listing it. They may or may not offer, honor a takedown request, definitely doing the bit with Google to remove your personal information, and then it can go on from there. And there's a lot of information on this to be able to deal with it. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. As always, a great show this week. Yes. Star Wars, we were talking about a little earlier in the show, definitely a part of our culture. And one of the things you see with that is marketing. Mm. And there are just a lot of products out there. I know as we're in studio recording here today, we're all in our respective Star Wars shirts. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the other things? One of, some of the more odd things, like I, I know there's a Darth Vader shower head. Yes, you bought me that for my birthday. Yes, yes. yes. And I haven't installed it yet, but I have it. The Darth Vader showerhead. Um, our our room is currently lit by two lightsaber lamps. That we found yes. at Target. That we found at Target. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, those, there's, those are cool. There's keychains. Uh, we, we all have the little uh, light up Star Wars figure keychains that I, I got everybody. They're like Legos. Yeah, Lego yeah. figures. Uh, I mean, that's another one. The tie in with Lego. There's a tie-in with Hot Wheels. They're making all the tiny little die-cast ships. Well, and there's also a line of women's clothing called Her Universe. Mm-hmm. I have a really nice, like, um, stretchy jacket, and I have my Darth Vader jacket. Yeah. Those are really nicely made. So, you know. I mean, I'm looking you know, at all the action figures and the plush toys. I mean, I don't know how many stuffed Boba Fett's I have, but I, I, have, know, I have more than two. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's some odd things. One of my favorite ones is the Chewbacca plush slippers. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the roar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you also you know? have a plush Chewbacca, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. And, uh, and the other one is the is the Darth Vader Keurig maker, which I don't have, but it might be something I need. Uh, <laughs> the Darth Vader Keurig. Well, and then we have some um, uh, Death Star pancake makers, or yep. are they cookie shapes? Cookies. They're cookie cutters, but you can oh, make okay. pancakes with those. Uh, yeah, they make. I mean, Star Wars cookie cutters, Star Wars candy molds. I have an R two D two that's uh, like supposed to be a timer. Yeah, we have we have the. Um, the little plug-in USB ports for our cars. It's a little R2-D2. Oh, and yeah. And his head turns and he makes noise and stuff. Yeah. So, and you know, this doesn't <laughs> end with just people. There's um, the Mandalorian squeaky dog toy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of... We have, well, we have some Star Wars cat toys for our, for our cat. And if she just, des- if she destroys Darth Vader and, and the Emperor, is she the ruler of the Star Wars universe? She's the new Sith Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and for those that like to cook, there's the Star Wars two quart slow cooker. Oh God. <laughs> two quart crock pot. That's all uh, uh, Star Wars uh, related. Oh, <laughs> I also had a, a Millennium Falcon speaker. That music came out of it. It was really, we have really a couple good. of those. Yeah, we have the weird Tie Fighter. Yeah. Um, no, the other one. Um, we have Pyrex. 
we have some Pyrex with Star Wars designs painted on the outside. Oh, see, that's really cool. Hey, one of my <laughs> favorites that I saw that was out there is a, it's a switch plate cover. And uh, on says light side and off says dark side. Yep. So, you know, it's uh, <laughs> anyway. There's all, all right, those well, things. Upcoming, we're going to be doing the UFO Festival. That'll be airing in two weeks. And until then, this is User Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2022. User Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. The views and opinions on this show are those of the host and not necessarily those of the User Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensed by BMI. Hosting provided by WeirdTechnology.com. Podcast available at UserFriendlyNation.com, TheAnswerPortland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.